Hi, and welcome to Let's Talk Forex with Alison and Chris. Uh, this week, we're talking about the Volatility 75 Index. It's a bit of a mouthful. Um, it's also known as the VIX, which is a bit easier. And uh, yeah, it's a bit of a deep dive into what makes the VIX so interesting. It's uh, also called the Fear Index, which is um, a nice little media term for it. But we really hope you enjoy it. And if you've got any questions about it or just in general, you can send them to us at podcast at fxscouts.com. Enjoy the episode. Thanks. Hi, Chris. How are you doing? Yeah, no, I'm okay, Alison. Um, it's a bit early in the morning for me, but, uh, but, I'm, but I'm well otherwise. I'm well and fully caffeinated and ready to roll. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. You know, these weeks get shorter as you get older, I guess, but it's been a very quick week. I can't believe it's, it's uh, the end of the week already. Yeah, I know. Pretty good, right? Yeah. It means you've got the weekend to look forward to. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, today we're going to be covering an interesting topic. It's something called the Volatility 75 Index, or in simple terms, the VIX. Um, and it's something we've actually just written a, an article on, on so it's uh, quite fresh in our minds. The VIX was created by the Chicago Board Options Exchange in 1993. They created it to measure stock market volatility, and specifically the volatility of the S&P 500 index. And the VIX is often called the fear index because when the VIX rises, stock markets tend to crash. The VIX measures buy and sell orders in short-term options, and these are called puts and calls. And it is actually an index that is forward-looking, and it looks towards the next 30 days. So it's, it's a predictor, and it measures what investors think is going to happen over the next 30-day period. And when options investors are nervous about the future of the S&P 500, the VIX rises. And when investors feel confident in the state of the market, the VIX will fall. Yeah. No, it's a very, it's a quite unique index, actually. There's nothing quite like it. And since it has a strong negative correlation with the stock market, I know it measures the S&P 500 particularly, but it also it generally measures American and, and nowadays global markets. Um, volatility in, in global markets quite well. And it's become a very popular um, financial instrument amongst traders. People use it for hedging, which we'll, we'll come on to a little bit later. But they also use it for pure speculation as well. As, a, as it's an index, uh, the VIX ranges between 0 and 100, though it very rarely moves out of the 10 to 30 range. But, uh, you know, let's talk about what signifies high volatility or high levels of fear. So a VIX level above 30 is typically considered extremely high. It means investors, investors are quite worried, very worried. Above 20 means that investors, you know, they're concerned. There's some concern there. Uh, below 12 is typically considered low. And this is when uh, options investors are, you know, some say relaxed, some say complacent, um, which, you know, uh, they have two slightly different implications. Um, and anything between 12 and 20 uh, as a reading on the VIX is considered normal. And good examples of these readings are the, in 2008, the height of the financial crisis, when uh, the mortgage-backed securities fiasco imploded in the United States. 
the VIX reached an intraday high, all-time intraday high of 89.53. More recently in March 2020, which uh, people may remember more clearly, uh, this is right when uh, COVID-19 pandemic was really becoming a serious issue. The VIX closed, its highest ever close, at 82.69. And this was the day that really the stock markets finally understood what was happening with the COVID-19 pandemic. And everything was crashing. I mean, I'm sure you remember it too. Mm-hmm. Um, everything crashed. And yeah, and the VIX closed at 82.69. Yeah, there was a lot of panic in the market at that point. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> understandably. It's insane. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so a lot of people ask if the VIX can go above 100. So theoretically speaking, it can go above 100, but it's never reached that point since it was established in 1993. Um, Mm -hmm. But analysts believe that if the data collection had begun in the 1980s, then the VIX would have topped 100 during the stock market crash um, on Monday, the 19th of October in 1987, which is quite interesting. Yeah. So high VIX readings are usually associated with poor stock performance, as you were just saying, which means that it can be a tool Mm -hmm. for traders either looking to hedge or short the market. And uh, it can also be used as a CFD, so traded as a CFD or uh, speculatively, but not all mm-hmm. brokers offer trading on the on the VIX. Yeah, and we'll get to that, and they offer it in different ways, so it's something to be wary of. But first, uh, let's have a chat about how interpreting it. So there, there are different ways to interpret the VIX, uh, but it's important to note that it's, it's a theoretical measure, right? It's not a crystal ball, uh, you know, because it, what it's tracking is it's tracking fear, right? And that's... Um, you know, you can't measure fear with hard data. Um, yeah. You know, it's not the CPI, you know, it's not interest rates. So what it uses, it uses what we said, like use these options prices to estimate how the market will act over a future time frame. And in this case, it, it measures a 30 day, 30 day time frame in the future. And because it's forward looking, it's really important to know it doesn't measure actual volatility. Yeah. It doesn't measure what's happening in the markets right now, but rather it measures implied volatility in the future. It's an attempt to predict volatility, you know, and, and it's, as I said, like it's, it's measuring fear. And this is something we discussed a lot recently, you know, when we were talking about market psychology a couple episodes ago, you know, greed tends to drive prices higher and fear drives prices lower. And it, fear drives prices lower because investors are trying to protect their investments. And they do this in the stock market by selling shares. And at its worst, fear-driven selling can send the markets into a tailspin, you know, as we saw during the outbreak of the COVID, mm. COVID pandemic. And, and this can lead, you know, and this leads to panic, right, when, when you get this tailspin. And that results in something which stock markets we call capitulation. And capitulation is another word for panic selling. And what's happening then is you're liquidating your positions, even though you're doing it at a loss, because you really fear that the loss is going to be so much huger. Yeah, so, it's, so I think the important point here is that VIX is attempting to measure something that isn't fully measurable. Mm. A derivative of a derivative, as we were saying before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. a derivative of an emotion. A derivative of an emotion, yeah. 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 Um, and, and high readings on the VIX are sometimes even blamed for causing panic and capitulation, um, although it's not designed to cause panic. <laughs> it's a big no, age of, of predicted volatility. And uh, some investors, especially traders, view the increased turbulence as a signal to buy. So this is where... Um, yeah traders take advantage of the VIX so that they can make a profit either through speculation or hedging and uh, yeah they capitalize on the situation 
So the VIX is often used as a hedging um, tool. So traders use the VIX to hedge their portfolios against market downturns. So if you go long on a on the shares of a US company, but you want to offset potential losses if the market takes a downturn, you would buy the VIX. And if you were taking a, a long position on the VIX, it could balance the drawdowns that you might experience and hedge your market exposure. And some traders also speculate on the direction of the VIX itself rather than using it as a hedge. And depending on the outlook, look for market volatility, they may take a long or a short position on VIX futures or options CFD, depending on what they think might happen. Yeah. And it's it's important to understand that, you know, if you're trading the VIX as CFD, you need to understand how it, you know, this is, it's slightly different from standard CFD trading because volatility is the measure of a movement of an asset's price. In this case, it's the expected movement of the S&P 500 index over the next 30 days. And it's a measure of this movement, not a measure of the price itself, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so with volatility trading, rather than focusing on the direction of change, you're speculating on how much the market will move and how frequently that movement will occur. And as we mentioned, you know, the VIX and the S&P 500 and generally US markets are strongly negatively correlated. This means when the VIX increases, the S&P 500 is likely falling. And when the VIX is falling, the S&P 500 is likely rising or at least or at least stable. So, yeah, so you're, you're, you're speculating on the, on the future movement, not the future price itself. Yes. Yeah. And that's a very, very important point. Um, in terms of understanding mm -hmm. how to trade the VIX. So when you open a, posi a position on the VIX, you can either take a long or short position. And if you take a long position, you believe that volatility will increase. And if you take a short position, you believe it will decrease. Mm -hmm. And uh, and as you said, although there's a strong negative correlation between the VIX and the S&P 500, volatility traders aren't interested in the actual price of the S&P 500. So they're not in interested in whether it'll rise or fall because mm -hmm. they can profit from both price movements and uh, they will profit from from the expected volatility uh, and traders often use a long position on the VIX during times of financial instability as we saw with COVID um, mm -hmm. and when there's a lot of uncertainty and fear in the market so if you yeah and if you're taking a long position at the beginning of COVID pandemic um, when you sort of saw the writing on the wall then you probably would have made a substantial profit um, oh yeah on the 18th yeah, of March when, when was it the 18th of March 17th of March yeah somewhere yeah I think 14th yeah. something at the beginning yeah. of March yeah if you'd taken a long position in February when you when you saw COVID gradually you know pushing out from China mm. yeah I think you would have you would have made a fair amount of money but I mean also as a hedge it would have been great you know um, I'm okay. sure a lot of and I'm sure a lot of traders did that so yeah as you, you talked about going short on the VIX there so traders generally take short positions during times of low volatility mm. and generally when they expect the S&P 500 to rise in value. Um, so this is, you know, low interest rates um, and, you know, good economic growth. The usual result in the steady growth of the S&P share prices. So traders short sell the VIX expecting the volatility will remain low during these conditions. But it is important that, you know, it, it's quite risky to short sell the VIX because volatility can come out of nowhere. For any number of global events, or you know, they can it can cause uh, can cause volatility spikes. So um, it's it's a bit of a risk, you know. Like with all CFD trading, it's high risk, but it's generally when when you're short selling. And there's a few more things you need to talk about when you're trading VIX CFDs. It's lower cost when you trade VIX CFDs. I mean, you can you can trade the VIX directly. 
as options uh, or, or futures. But with CFDs, you know, there's lower transaction fees. There's no need to pay for margin financing. But, you know, with, as with CFDs, there's, there's going to be swap fees. There's going to be overnight swap fees. And the great thing about the VIX CFD, and I think it's what's, what it's used for mainly, is you can use it in various trading strategies um, as a risk management tool. So you can use it, as you said, for speculating on volatility spikes, but you can use it hedging on market downturns. And you can also, people use it to take advantage of market inefficiencies. So when you trade VIX CFDs, and particularly if you're trading with leverage, you are essentially borrowing money from your broker to increase the size of your position. So you can start out with a very small amount of capital and you can increase your position size significantly. And uh, this can obviously increase your profits, but it also increases your risk of loss. And if the market moves against you, then your losses can be magnified. So it's very important when you're trading with leverage to put good risk management strategies in place. Then you have to constantly monitor your trades. So you must be alert to possible changes in your position. As you mentioned earlier, Chris, news announcements and other economic events can significantly increase volatility. And this can cause huge price changes that can cause the balance of your account to change quickly. And this is especially true if you've taken a short position on the VIX and there is an unexpected announcement or piece of news that comes out. Um, so you, you've got to be very careful and you've just got to be on your trades all the time and, and, and monitor them very carefully. And lastly, VIX CFDs are less liquid than other financial instruments, uh, such as currency pairs or stocks which means that brokers sometimes increase the spreads. Uh, there's an increase in the chances of slippage happening, and there might be difficulty executing your trades at your desired prices. So when you're trading VIX CFDs, just be aware of, of these five factors. Um, and just to run through them again, it's lower costs with trading, so that, that's a benefit. You can trade diverse strategies with VIX CFDs, but you must be aware of trading with leverage, uh, the fact that you have to constantly monitor your trades and the fact that there is limited liquidity when trading VIX CFDs. Yeah, so it makes it slightly, slightly trickier uh, prospect than uh, trading regular CFDs. The other thing to remember with, when you're trading CFDs is that not all CFD brokers offer the VIX. And the ones that do tend to offer it in different ways. Um, you know, we, we'll, put the, we'll put a link to the page um, on, on VIX CFD trading. We're going to put that in the show notes. But... Um, you know, I just want to talk about a couple of brokers here and the differences, the way they do it, like Arbitrade, you know, for instance, one of our favorite brokers, but they offer the VIX as an ETN, which is similar to an ETF, but the underlying asset is a debt note uh, with a specific maturity date. But because it's tradable like an ETF or like a stock, it means it's only tradable when the New York market is open, you know, and, and leverage is much lower as well. I think they only offer leverage of one to five on it. Um, so it's not actually traded as an index at all. Um, but then there's others like IC Markets, um, another one of our favorite brokers, who they do offer the VIX, but the office is a futures CFD. And futures CFDs, they expire and they roll over, in this case, every 30 days because it tracks the VIX, which is over a 30-day period. But it actually expires two days before the underlying asset, before the VIX expires. So there are complicated things, and you've got to think about this, and you've got to make sure that you understand how the CFD works that you're trading if you want to trade the VIX. And the best way to do this, obviously, is to get a demo account with your broker and and um, and and mess around with it. Uh, make sure you fully understand and you educate yourself on on how they operate. Um, but just to run through some of the brokers, well, as I said, we'll put the link in the show notes. But um, Arbitrade has this ETN, the VIX is an ETN. HFM 
the off of X trading, I think, is an index. Pepperstone, the off of X trading as well, and they actually have quite high leverage, uh, 100 to 1 on the VIX. XTB, they also, I saw, yeah, they do VIX trading, and actually they do have some of the lowest spreads on the VIX, uh, so one to keep an eye on. IC Markets, I mentioned, they do as the futures. Admirals, um, relatively low cost, they do it as well. And uh, FXCM also offer it. Um, I think the spreads are slightly wider, but if you're a high-volume trader, they do rebates for high-volume. Um, so they're not, not a bad option. We'll put all this in the show notes so people can have a look at it themselves. Yeah, well, I think that probably about covers it. Is there anything else that you can think of you would like to add? No, I think, I think people should look into it more themselves. I mean, we didn't go that deep here. I mean, you can get really deep. I mean, we were thinking about adding the calculation for the VIX, how the VIX is calculated, <laughs> which is some crazy math. Yeah. <laughs> but we decided against it. But if you want to, you know, I recommend that people go and educate themselves about it and, and go as deep as they want. It's a really fascinating little thing, the VIX, and very unique. Yeah, and it, um, it's a very good risk management tool. So um, yeah. that's why it's, it's uh, particularly popular. Yeah, thanks for joining us today. And if you have any other questions about the VIX or brokers that offer the VIX, you can send your questions through to podcast at fxscouts.com. And uh, next week, we are going to be talking to a very special guest, the head of research at Pepperstone, Chris Weston. Mm. And uh, you can actually check him out online. He's, he's got plenty of videos all over the place. And uh, he sends out a, a daily fix as well that we sign up to. Um, so be sure to listen to that episode as he's going to be taking a deep dive into how to create the rules of trading, how to come up with a trading strategy, and uh, he's going to give a, a lot of tips and tricks on technical analysis in trading. So, you know, we're really looking forward to that episode. Yeah, it's going to be cool. Very, very much looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a good counterbalance with um, the episode we did, what was it, a few, a few episodes ago now uh, with HFM. And that was very, you know, much about more, more, more about market psychology and knowing yourself as a trader, whereas I think Chris is... Um, you know, he's got a lot of experience. I think he's been a trade. He's been involved in trading for twenty plus years. He was a he was on the floor in 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 London for many years on the trading floor, and so it's going to be a really good technical um, deep dive. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, cool. We'll chat to you next week then. Yeah, sounds good, Alison. You have a lovely rest of your week, and speak to you soon. Yeah, yeah you too. Cheers. Bye.